Oh boy, 613 golfers, if you weren't excited about golf season before, you have got to be excited about golf season now. Yeah, we went through a little cold snap over the last couple of weeks, but the warm weather has returned, the snow is melting quickly, and it is exciting, exciting to see golf season is now upon us. There's even golf courses that uh, have already opened, more golf courses to open very soon, I'm sure, and uh, the golf season in full swing is imminent, so there's uh, a lot to get excited about. With the excitement of golf season coming and maybe even a little bit of excitement built up from uh, from the uh, last episode of 613 Golfer. Oh, by the way, I am your host, Jeff Botter, publisher of Flagstick Golf Magazine, and I am so happy to have everybody back with me again for another episode of 613 Golfer podcast. Now, uh, with all the excitement that's being generated by all this warm weather, one of the other things that's happened is for the second time in, uh, in the last two weeks, the Flagstick Open has sold out. We started with a field of 120. We expanded the field to 144, and now the 144 is all sold out. And we're starting to take a wait list, and the wait list already has 10 people on it. So if you're interested in playing in the Flagstick Open, we do almost always have cancellations. Uh, you need to jump in there, get your uh, get your entry emailed to me at jbotter at flagstick.com uh, with all the details, and I'll make sure that you get added to the wait list right away. So if you uh, want to get in, you may still be able to get in. Um, other events are starting to fill up as well as, uh, as golf courses are starting to uh, get open. Now, this episode of 613 Golfer Podcast is... Uh, is a little bit different. I said that we'd have some some different things as the as the podcast started to evolve. We were going to have some different things, some different segments, and different features. So we do have uh, a great interview uh, in this episode of the podcast with Roger Beal, uh, the new head professional at the Marshes Golf Club. Uh, we also have our first regional golf report segment with Scott McLeod, a 613 Golfer Podcast regional golf report, something that we're going to try to do with Scott on a regular basis. We're going to try to bring him on and bring everybody up to speed as to what's happening around the region of 613. So um, that's going to happen in this episode. We also have our first quick tip segment. And uh, as always, our very good friend at the Kevin Haim Golf Center, Kevin Haim, is going to be uh, walking us through some, some downswing timing drills. So uh, we're going to have that a little bit later on in the show. But first, the first part of the show, we're going to head out to the Marshes Golf Club and we're going to talk to head professional back in Ottawa, Roger Beal. Welcome to the show, Roger. How are you doing? Uh, great. Thanks, Jeff. Awesome. Uh, well, listen, Roger, um, you've been gone now from the Ottawa area for uh, about 10 years. Uh, yeah. You left in 2011 uh, uh, after um, you split some time at Camelot as an associate professional and, uh, and at the Marshes. And uh, now you're back. So first of all, aside from welcome to the show, let me welcome you back to Ottawa. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Um, obviously, uh, great to be back. Um, there's a, a great uh, golf vibe in, in the city, obviously. Uh, lots of golf courses, lots of golfers. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to be back uh, and back in Canada. Nice. So now I'm telling everybody, welcome back. Now let's find out where the heck did you go? <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, 2011, I was offered the director of golf. Uh, position at Royal Westmoreland in Barbados. So that's a uh, kind of a high-end private uh, resort style golf course. So 
um, 400 members, um, 100,000 US to get in, uh, 30,000 a year uh, dues. Uh, and then they basically rent out their uh, large villas to uh, resort guests, I guess. And we also had a few um, apartments uh, as well. So, uh, but yeah, primarily uh, high end, uh, high net worth UK. Uh, we did have a few Canadian members, uh, mostly from Toronto. Um, and then, but primarily uh, UK based. So yeah, that was uh, for four and a half years. So great, great club, uh, RTJ uh, design, really nice. Um, so that was four and a half years. And then uh, three and a half years at uh, Apes Hill, which um, they offer, there may be an offer I couldn't refuse. So <laughs> went there as the club manager. So again, similar uh, business model, uh, high-end um, private resort. Um, unfortunately, uh, once Brexit hit, uh, kind of took a hard, uh, hard time on the business, uh, and eventually, uh, we basically shut it down. So, um, there's a bit more to that, uh, the joint venture that we had, uh, with, um, Gary Barton. So that's landmark. So that's, um, Dunebag, that would have been Kiwa Island, that would have been Palm Beach Polo, that would have been uh, Oak uh, Oak Tree, I think it was. So uh, Landmark, it's a it's a big. Um, their logo is uh, an oak tree. So uh, you know, big big player, Barton Creek uh, in in Austin. So unfortunately, they went uh, bankrupt, and probably uh, that was a beginning of it, an end for our project as well. Unfortunately, but. Um, my owner, Sir Charles, did his best for, I think, six or seven years, and the eventuality uh, happened. Um, so the bank took it over, uh, and then it's been recently bought out by actually a Canadian, um, uh, Mr. Shamandi, Glenn Shamandi of Guild End. So uh, they're looking to reopen it possibly November. Uh, so that was, and then it will be an amazing golf course, no doubt. Uh, and he's, he has the, the capital to, to sustain it. So that's good. Uh, and then, uh, so that was the main reason why uh, I wanted to come back to Canada. I worked in real estate for a year, um, had a great opportunity, great, great uh, company. Um, but uh, my wife wanted to move back and uh, as we know, happy wife, uh, happy life. So, um, so we were back in Ottawa. I worked at Greyhawk briefly last year, which uh, was great again lovely uh, lovely club great staff uh, great organization um, but uh, I was the associate so obviously prefer uh, you know director of golf uh, head pro position so um, lucky enough Derek got an amazing gig at the Royal so um, obviously there was a vacancy and I was lucky enough to <laughs> to get it to get chosen so uh, very excited. Obviously, um, you know, I worked at the Marshes for seven years. Uh, believe in the, in the in the company. Believe in the course. Uh, believe in the in the, the organization. So, um, yeah, looking forward to yeah, put I guess putting my my mark or stamp on it. So yeah, absolutely. That's, well, listen. I mean, it's it's great to have you. You know, back full time gig here in Ottawa and and uh, and at the Marshes. Um, it's a great opportunity for you there, I know. Now, what role will you 
actually, you know what? Let me back up a little bit here because now we've we've kind of led into Roger Beal left, Roger Beal's back. Um, yeah. This is what Roger Beal did. But what we don't know, and, and, and some people, I mean, it's been 10 years. So there's a lot of people that may be listening to this, uh, to this podcast and, and watching us on YouTube here going, okay, you're talking to this Roger Beal. Who's Roger Beal? Well, lots right. of people do know who you are. But why don't you tell us a little bit about who Roger Beal is and how you got your start and, and uh, you know, what your passion is for, uh, for, this, for the game? Um, well, I started, uh, I guess my, um, started playing golf when I was 13. Uh, so my mom's Canadian, my dad's from Barbados. So, um, I used to spend the summers down there, uh, about half the summer down there and the rest in Canada. So, uh, played golf at Sandy Lane, uh, and our prior golf club. Uh, so, um, Harry Herford, who is uh, quite well known in, in certainly the Ottawa area and the Ottawa Valley in particular, uh, head pro at Arm Prior, Sandpoint. Um, so kind of came up uh, under his tutelage. He was a great player, great teacher. Um, so I guess I have a bit of passion from that. Um, played some junior stuff, played the, the Quebec junior, Canadian junior, lucky enough to get a scholarship uh, down in, uh, in the States. So Boca Raton. So, uh, college of Boca Raton, my university, they changed it the second year. So played four years of, uh, university golf there, uh, worked in Florida at, uh, Boca West for one year. So that was a 72 hole facility, private Jewish club, uh, the busiest place on earth. <laughs> one Christmas day, I think it was 1995. We did 1240 golfers i mean they didn't all finish but they teed off like just we had 500 golf carts like just tremendous facility um and then i after that i went to work at polo trace worked there for about five years uh as assistant then eventually uh, associate uh position really great we did some really cool events we did a greg norman charity event for two years uh we did a uh, PJ Tour caddy um, event for, for cancer. Uh, so we got to meet some of the young uh, PJ Tour players. So that was really cool. Worked in Barbados after that for a couple of years and then came back to the marshes in 2002. So that was um, my uh, return, I guess, to Canada as a professional. Uh, one of the reasons why I came back, um, I never received my class A when I worked in Florida because of my uh, work permit. So uh, I wanted to continue and I want to get my classic certification. So that was the, the jump back to Canada. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, lots going on, lots of, you know, moving back and forth, um, you know, basically going where the work is. Um, and that's really fortunate for me, um, you know, having lots of experience, worked in three different countries, um, you know, worked in probably every aspect, uh, ultra private, public, uh, and a combination of between. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, as I say, went back, uh, obviously for 10 years in Barrios, now I'm back. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, I played the Canadian tour in between. I played, uh, one year, uh, 05, 06, uh, played the world cup in 06 as well. So that was, unbelievable week uh one i'll never forget 
forget. I mean, just being associated with world-class players, uh, phenomenal. Um, and then while I was at Westmoreland as well, getting to know um, some of the more of the European tour players, um, I used to uh, help run uh, Ian Rusin's charity event. So I'm fairly friendly with Rusi, uh, so uh, still keep in touch with him. So he's a, a great resource, um, helped my uh, golf immensely. I mean, he's a tremendous ball striker and, and even a nicer man. Though. Uh, and then some of his other buddies, Peter Baker, again, phenomenal guy, great ball striker, Ryder Cupper. Um, so, yeah, it's a uh, lot, lots going on. Um, obviously, a passion for teaching, uh, passion to play the game, although I don't play as much anymore and, uh, you know, getting closer to 50. Uh, with a 50 year old back nearly it's it's not quite there there's not as much zip not that I was lone, known for my uh, you know 350 yard drives by any means uh, but uh, yeah they're not as far as they used to be but that's that's age unfortunately I'll have to get there um, but the alternative is much worse so it's okay now Roger um, you you mentioned something uh, sorry to, to interrupt there but you mentioned something um, about when you came back in 2002 um and and about um not having completed your class a the reason i i, I mention I, I step in here is because last episode uh of the uh the six on three golfer podcast we talked to carol ann baxter who's the executive director of the um uh, pga of canada, can, uh, pga of canada ottawa and right. um she and i were talking specifically about um the the um the passion or the 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 need for uh, pros like yourself to to be Class A PGA of Canada guys uh, right. and, and and women um, and not to just you know because you can teach because you have a place to teach or because you have a place to work and they don't particularly care one way or the other it's something that's inside yourself that just says I have to to do this but you know Scott or you know Scott McLeod I know you know well too um, yep. Scott same thing you know he's working in the golf industry as a associate publisher of a golf magazine. He's writing articles, but his passion for teaching is, was very high and he didn't want to go that route without having that. I got to have that PGA of Canada class A certification. I need that. I feel like it just has to be the shingle that I can hang over my head. So he did the work while he's putting in 60 hours a week doing his job putting in right. the rest of the work to get that, to play in, to write the, the tests, to finish the assignments and to get, okay, now I am a class A, now he's teaching um, and still doing all of this. So you were the same way. It's like, I got this, you know, I've got a job I'm doing, you know, but something's missing. So that, that passion or that, that need to feel fulfilled with that designation, you know, was yeah. eating at you a bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I guess, and I'll, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, my, my mentorship, um, you know, with, with Harry, mm -hmm. obviously, um, he was a colorful individual. Um, he was the epitome of the, uh, old, uh, old school pro, um, probably the bedside manner could have been improved, but, um, you talk about passion, tremendous passion uh love to teach um again a very good teacher you know again maybe some of the bedside could have been improved but that was that was i don't know that type of generation that type of 
uh, individual, right? It's, um, you know, he was a Hogan guy, which I'm a Hogan guy. I, um, and, you know, Mr. Hogan was not known for his bedside manner particularly either. Um, he was a pretty serious uh, gentleman, but certainly um, a tremendous ball striker. Him and Mo Norman are really the only two people you, you would put in the same class. The rest uh, would only hope. I mean, uh, Woozy or Nick Price would be the closest that I've, I've seen to perfection. Um, I've caddied for both of them and they're just amazing. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the passion, right? And, and, you know, it's over a hundred year uh, organization. Um, and I think if you're going to do anything in golf, I think that's something you need to do is be associated with tradition and all that. So um, being a PGA of Canada uh, member, uh, I think is, is an absolute for me. Uh, even though I had really zero benefits for the last 10 years being away, uh, I still kept it because I thought that's what I need to do. Right. And I, I believe in the, in the organization, um, you know, is it perfect? No. Have I had my issues with them? Absolutely. Uh, but uh, I think uh, they, uh, they do the best they can for sure. Uh, and, and I, as I say, I believe in them. So. Now um, you're returning to the marshes. You're the, your official title there is a director of golf. Uh, head professional. Head professional. Okay. So you're the head professional. Now, what, what are your, um, are you going to be all encompassing, you know, a little bit of everything? Are you going to be focusing more on the business end? Or are you going to be able to do obviously what you're very passionate about, which is teaching? Yeah. Um, I probably will. Yeah. I'm going to try and do a bit of both. Um, I don't think I'll be teaching as much, uh, this year as hopefully next year, uh, just because uh, there's a lot going on and, uh, obviously getting my team set up, uh, and all the procedures and everything, uh, you know, uh, obviously the shop, uh, I will also look at doing some merchandising. So, um, yeah. And, and I like all of that. I mean, I'm, I'm probably one of the last of my kind probably that, you know, you, you do a bit of merchandising, you do a bit of teaching, you do a bit of tournament uh, setup, uh, league setup, you know, uh, which I think that's part of the whole uh, job, really. I mean, um, you know, could I teach 40 hours a week? Yeah, I could. Um, I think I would get burnt out myself personally. I, I like what attracts me about the position uh, is the the difference of every day, right? I mean, um, you come in, you do a lesson. So that's, you know, someone needs a, a putting lesson, great, perfect, or, you know, wedge or chipping, whatever. And then you come in, you set up the ladies league or the men's league, that's great. And then you might do a club fit uh, at two o'clock. Oh yeah, and you set irons for Mr. Jones, oh, perfect. Um, you know, you might put on uh, a little fashion show or, do a, a, a shoe day or something for people, you know, do that merchandising, um, you know, come in and, and do the results for your ladies league. Uh, and then, uh, you know, go home uh, or maybe put on a set of grips or change some uh, law for lie or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's, it's never the same day twice, right? That's what kind of uh, got me um, kind of hooked in golf. I mean, my, my schooling, I was in the, a hotel program so that was 
what I really thought I would do would either run a hotel or run a country club. And I mean, yes, I had a passion for golf, but I wasn't really much of a player. Um, you know, I enjoyed teaching and that's fine. And during that uh, hotel school, uh, I shadowed the director of golf at the Boca Resort Hotel and Club. Uh, so I was there with him for about two weeks, uh, somewhere there. Uh, and in each department, I had housekeeping, I was in the kitchen, um, maintenance, all of that stuff. So um, I really thought that director of golf, that was it. I mean, it, uh, you know, obviously my passion for golf was there, but you had some merchandising. I mean, my, my mom and my grandmother had a dress shop. So I'm familiar. I was a stock boy from God as early as I can remember, you know, getting in behind and pulling out, you know, bras and undergarments and, you know, all this stuff that, you know, was a bit uh, scary at one point. But uh, quickly figured all that out, you know, down in cupboards and pulling them out and all this and tagging them and organizing. So the retail side, I've always done. It's nothing um, I'm familiar with. So, but as I say, with the director of golf shadowing him, I mean, same thing. Like he would go give a lesson. I'd, I'd watch him teach. I'm thinking, wow, this guy's a really good teacher. Um, and then set up events and, and, you know, do some merchandising. So I thought, this is a great job. I'll never be bored. Uh, you know, I, I, I won't be stuck behind a desk. Yes, there is some desk work and I think I get more of that than less of it, but that's okay. That's part of the gig. Um, but yeah, you, you just never have the same day twice. And that was my, um, I don't know, my, my, uh, kind of interesting part of it. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, and it's goodness. I've been doing it for a while. So turn pro in 94. So, um, been at it ever since really wow um now what's uh what sort of is the the plan um you know i'll call you the new guy at the marshes but i mean it's yep. the the new the new the, the new old guy you've been there before right. you're familiar with the club and familiar obviously with the superintendent and and uh, yeah, maybe may, maybe yeah. it's more of a new staff than you than was there when you were there before although i don't know was donnie rio there when you were there yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what's the plan moving forward at the at the marshes like for this year, for instance, like what's the what do you guys got? on? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll be changing a great deal. I don't think um, I think, uh, you know, we, we do offer a few memberships. It's it's certainly not our main business model, but um, we do have some of those and they're probably at about 75 percent capacity. So they'll soon be uh, you know, getting there, I would have thought. Uh, we do some ladies leagues, we do some men's leagues, which is great. I think that's uh, kind of a, a unique part of our business uh, because you don't have to join the club um, to be a lady or, or men's league uh, player, which is kind of cool. Um, obviously the teaching, we have that as well. Um, but yeah, basically I think it'll be pretty much the, the same business as usual. Um, we probably won't have as many events just because um, we're a bit leery with the restrictions regarding shotguns. Um, we'll still probably have a few, you know, uh, six and eight and 10 group events. Um, but yeah, the traditional, like when I ran the events here, I think I did it maybe 05. I think we did like 55 shotguns. Like it was busy. It was busy. So I don't think we'll get to that. I mean, I think if we, did a dozen big events that would be a pile uh, and 
hopefully eventually, yes, we'll get back to that. Um, but I wouldn't think that would be for at least another year. Yeah, I, th I think we're all I think we're all hoping that at some point or another we do get back to you know what yeah. what might be considered then the new normal because I don't think that I don't think that saying we're going to go back to normal I don't think normal is going to be normal I think we're it's a new normal you know once we're everybody's vaccinated and and right. uh, and even at that point we're still going to be cautious so I think that affects. It's going to affect a lot of, you know, for a golf course like the Marshes, that's a, you know, it's a public resort facility um, right. and uh, relies heavily on, on not member play, although that, you know, they have players, pro, players packages and stuff like that, but it's, it's more of a member play resort play facility and requires heavily on outside events to, but that's not the guy. I mean, I know myself last year, you know, occasionally trying to get a tee time out there and uh, you know, sort of last minute, which is kind of how I book my golf my philosophy of booking golf that just doesn't work anymore i can't no. uh, which which actually and in, in, in fact is funny because it, it sort of led to me not actually being able to play as much as i usually do because my business like yourself you don't book you, you wouldn't be booking your tea times you know wherever you play because you're 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 in the business you're okay i've got an afternoon free i want to go play golf and that's how i would book my golf Last year yeah. that wasn't happening and, and I didn't have enough pull, I guess, to kick somebody out of a tee time. <laughs> no, I mean, again, uh, just referencing where I worked previous last year at Greyhawk, I mean, um, and, and when I talked to the staff here, it was the same, like you just, uh, week in advance, uh, the tee sheet would be closed out within 20 minutes, right? I mean, uh, so yeah, it's... Uh, unprecedented volume which is great i mean i think we will have something similar to that this year as well um so the good news is i think people have switched on to that so that they'll if they're interested in playing golf that they'll plan ahead um you know i mean that that would be good um i've certainly been letting all of our guys know that yes if you have a week in advance or if you remember, it's eight for the gold and 14 for the platinum, please use it because you'll be disappointed. And it's not not threatening or whatever, just being, you know, realistic. It's there's there's not a lot for for people to do, really, um, you know, other than golf. And I mean, last year we had a tremendous weather. It looks like this year again will be another fabulous year. I mean, this is unprecedented, uh, you know spring weather i mean um our tentative opening date is april 19th but i mean goodness it, it could be you know first week of april possibly if it keeps up like this i mean i don't we don't really know i mean they say the weather will be good but then you know you got a foot of snow uh, the next day so you know i mean weather men are are wrong all the time and they still have a job so you know, what like, yeah. <laughs> they're never wrong come on <laughs> so roger i have a question for you How's the game? You know what? Um, I put very little effort in. Um, you know, it's okay. I mean, uh, I talked to one of my members uh, earlier on in the week, and, you know, I think I played 20 rounds last year. Uh, and that's about normal. Um, I had two, I played two tournament rounds, which is the first time in a while. Played shockingly. I think I, uh, I hit two balls out of bounds. I haven't done that in an event. And, easily a decade so 
um, you know, we were just a bit tired, I guess we had the club championship and then went and played. So, but no, it wasn't bad. I mean, I had, I had a, I think my low round of the year was maybe 65, 66. So, um, you know, considering that my back feels like it's a thousand years old and, you know, I, I had the worst putting year, uh, that I remember, um, you know, I still, you know, shot under par most days or around par. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, uh, obviously that part of the, you know, my life or, uh, my passion, it's, it's, it's no longer the focus, but, um, you know, I think I can still get the ball in the hole. I don't think that'll change. Uh, you do know that after what you just said, nobody listening to this podcast or watching us uh this podcast right now has any sympathy for your sore back or anything whatsoever <laughs> no, right yeah, now exactly. right we're all golfers yeah no i didn't uh, play so well but i think my best was 65 yeah uh, yeah okay there was everybody's expecting 75 and yeah. uh but that's well, but, but that's the thing you're you're i mean the most of what i remember from and it's only been 10 years but most of what i remember from when you were here and playing in zone events was you were competitive like you and and you can play yeah i mean i was it's interesting right like i don't think technically i was ever a great player um and you know you i probably uh developed much later than than most people i suppose um and i think it was just my tenacity um you know i think uh it comes down to the size of the it's not the size of the dog uh it's the size of the fight in the dog type thing um and i come from a little bit of a athletic family my dad was a very good athlete very competitive um and i think it's just something i've kind of grown up with and i figured out golf a bit later than than I would have liked to if I was to become a you know a, a touring professional um you know and a lot of it was just poor mental really if I'm honest I mean when I worked in Florida um you know I had some good instruction but I just couldn't quite put uh the mental side of the game together and or keep it together and I think uh as I got older I figured out what worked for me and how I could you know, uh, perform under pressure, uh, you know, generally on a regular basis and, and how I, uh, enjoyed it. Right. That's the other thing. Like if I play just with buddies, I'm still pretty useless, but if there's something on the line, um, I tend to do okay. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's, I just, kind of turn on a switch maybe i'm not sure um but yeah um it's dollar hope, signs right <laughs> yeah i guess I don't know, or not necessarily i guess it's more pride right but i mean if it's just you know goofing around having a few beers yeah that's fine and and i'll shoot yeah i'll shoot even or 75 i don't really care but if it was okay this is a serious match and whatever um yeah i tend to focus a bit better although mind you the two tournament rounds were awful uh, that's probably the worst golf I've played in a while, but I mean, that's one event. And I think I've played in the last God, five years, maybe my, that was my third round or like third event. So, um, and then again, as you know, you're a golfer, competitive golf and casual golf are two different animals. Right? Oh, big time. 
Because most people don't understand uh, until they've done it. Uh, we get a lot of guys that play. We have our um, our annual amateur championship uh, in the spring uh, at the Flagstick Open. And uh, we get a strong field, a very strong field. We also get a lot of, because it's a flighted event, we also get a lot of, um, you know, mid to high handicap amateurs that are playing in it. And the biggest comment that we have from the ones that, especially last year, um, the biggest comment we have from them is, I had no idea that tournament golf was so tough. They don't understand the difference between having to grind out a two foot putt. It's so easy when you're just casually playing, you know, with your buddies to walk up and tap in a two foot putt. Cause you're not even thinking about it, but all of a sudden every stroke counts, every shot matters. And those two foot putt, that hole is the size of a golf ball. Once you're standing over it. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I have a, a tremendous story about tournament golf. So, uh, obviously, we just had the the PGA uh, Champ uh, course, the the Honda Classic. So when I was working in Florida, I used to play the South Florida Tour. So that was a mini tour, um, primarily in the summer. Um, and we uh, we had an event at the Champ course. And back in those days, it was a par 72. Uh, 10 was a par 5. And I think there was another par 5 that changed. But... Um, I mean, I was, God, I think I was nine under through 11 or something, eight under through 11. I chipped in for ego on 10 and birdied 11. So I'm eight under through 11 on the toughest course you'll ever play in your life. Uh, and then we had a bit of a rain delay, the kind of storm was coming through. And I managed to shoot 70 because <laughs> tripled 15 doubled 16 bogeyed 18 sorry bogeyed 17 i think i birdied 18 for 70 and i mean i felt like jumping in the lake right i mean you go from having the probably the best start i've ever had in golf and i'm thinking you know again as as every weak-minded professional golfer does i'm shooting 59 yep right on this course this is unbelievable and you get so far ahead of yourself and you know instead of just doing what you were doing that got you there, which was nothing, um, you know, just picking a target, picking your yardage and committing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that is a scary golf course, no doubt. Like if you've ever played it, it's, yep. <laughs> it is, it is so scary. And again, you know, I'm, I'm a young assistant pro playing against, you know, some PGA tour players that had off weeks or certainly mini tour players. So the, the guys were very good. Um, so you know that, you know, you've got to keep making birdies. So that's how I kind of got into that start. But then all of a sudden you, you realize that, holy shit, you could really, you know, make a score. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, you're pulling up the handbrake and you're starting to steer it and you can't do it there. And, you know, that's how you, you know, you go six over or whatever in three holes type thing. And, um, just throw up all over your golf shoes. But, um, yeah, I don't think that, I, I don't think that if I, if I even, I don't think I want to think back to when I played the golf course because I'm pretty sure that every everything about my round of golf there, especially coming down the stretch, the last four holes, um, there's there's nothing there's nothing visually or mentally positive that I could take from it's... you know my 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 I remember back in my seven my my the time I played sawgrass and made par on seventeen and it was like oh you know, what, whatever happened the rest of the round is irrelevant, yeah. but, you know, coming down the stretch of those four holes um, on that golf course, 
yeah, no, there's there's nothing. That'd be giving me visual nightmares if I start thinking about it again. Yeah. No, and, and I mean, you look at J.B. Holmes, you shot 80, whatever, like it can happen. And mm -hmm. I think he's, he has some of that. He's had that, excuse me, in the past where he's kind of let the situation get to him, unfortunately, which, I mean, it's certainly not a technique issue. It's just you start thinking the wrong things and it, and it snowballs in it. And that's the thing, right? Like, no golfer is immune, by the way. Like, no. <laughs> Roy McIlroy, same thing. Like, yep. you know, it, he gets going sideways and it, and it's 78, no worries, right? And and that's the thing, like, um, you know, and, and everyone has to kind of come to the grips with that and and understand what works for them. And, it, and you know, it's an individual part of it, right? Like, um, you know, golf is just not a, a one-dimensional game. So, and that's why it's been around for 400 years and it will continue to be because it's, it's, it is as complex as anything you'll ever want. Right. Exactly. To it. Well, listen, my friend, I, uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your day. I know you're busy getting things ramped up for the season yeah. and, uh, and chatting with you and getting caught up with you. I, uh, I certainly hope you and, uh, and, and Bob and, and uh, Donnie and the rest of the crew out there are, are you know, ready to rock in a, in a short time here and have a great season. Um, no, I thanks for coming on. No, thanks. Uh, and obviously, I mean, I remember when you were uh, about a 12 page little, uh, I don't know, uh, not even a magazine, really, it was just a semi brochure. And now it's, it's come a long way. So, you know, well done to you, Jeff and, and Scott and, and the rest of your team. I know, Joe uh, reached out to me. So I had a nice chat with Joe. So uh, always great to have a chat with him, but yeah, no, you guys are uh, top quality. So uh, have a, a great uh, season and, uh, you know, keep her going. Thanks very much, Roger. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Well, there goes Roger Beale, the new head professional at the Marshes Golf Club. And Roger uh, has been with the Marshes before, and but now he's making a return to the Marshes as the head professional, which is uh, a lot more responsibility. He's going to have a lot of stuff on his plate, but it certainly is interesting to see what some of the things they have planned for the Marshes for 2020 are. And, uh, and good to see Roger in that role. Now, obviously, Roger is one of those guys. He's a very interesting fellow. Um, he's a, a fantastic player. Uh, as he alluded to there with his 65 when he's not playing well, but we won't hold that against him. But Roger's one of those guys that he was in Canada, uh, was going through the PGA program, went to Barbados and uh, and did some, uh, some teaching, uh, was the director of golf operations for a very high-end golf club down there. And now he's come back. He actually came back in 2002 from his first stint in Barbados and and got his class A, which he felt was very, very important to him. And he left and went back in 2011. And now he's back again. So it's great to have Roger back and great to see uh, some of the things that they're planning at the marshes. I can't wait to get out there and uh, sit down and have more of a chat with Roger at a later time. So I mentioned that we were going to start doing some different things on the 613 Golfer podcast. And as the season evolves and, and, uh, and we get closer and closer, and then once we get into it full swing, we're going to try to keep you updated all the time about as much as we can about what's going on around the 613. Now, we can do that through flagstick.com, and we do, and you can go to the website and check out all that great stuff. And we can do that through the digital pages of Flagstick Golf Magazine as we continue to move into the non-print era of Flagstick Golf Magazine.
and you'll be able to check out stuff there as well. But we also want to work with a different platform and the different platform that we're using now is obviously this podcast and this podcast is going to have some great interviews with people, but we're also going to stay to our roots and keep you informed about what's going on the grassroots level in the 613. So with that in mind, the very first segment of 613 Golfer Podcast Regional Golf Report. Hey everyone, Scott McLeod here, the associate publisher of Flagstick Golf Magazine with a regional report for the 613 Golfer Podcast. Lots of news, lots of things happening around the region, so we want to keep you updated. I'm going to pop on Jeff's podcast here, the 613 Golfer Podcast, on an occasional basis just to give you the latest news and updates and items from around the region. Lots to go through today, so uh, don't mind me if I flick over here and look at my iPad and and, uh, have a look at some of my notes because there is a lot going on in the region. Uh, Certainly it is springtime now everybody's sort of getting into the spirit of things as far as golf is concerned uh, had a lot of regional golf businesses involved in the recent Ontario Golf Expo which was run virtually this year very successful a lot of great feedback from that and uh, it was nice to see a lot of the businesses involved uh, as to golf itself obviously golfers now are getting to go outside and hit golf balls March 12th the Kevin Hayne Golf Center in Canada open and now that's been followed by a number of other outdoor golf centers and driving ranges mayor blue golf range is open uh we have archies down in cornwall is open as well the ranges are open at the uh cloverdale emerald links and anderson links uh, facility the 19th tee as well in orleans and we're going to have more updates on that as well now golf courses they're going to soon be behind uh that and coming iroquois golf club is now opened already we're expecting to hear news from a few other facilities around the region pretty soon uh including the prescott golf club which is planning to hopefully get open uh as early as this weekend i will say they are going to be open primarily for members they are going to have some public tea times that they are going to auction off uh some special hours and and what they're going to do there is they're going to try to raise money for their practice facility which they're trying to enhance so stay tuned uh we'll have some updates as well on flagstick.com that is always the home base just go and check out flagstick.com we'll try to bring you the latest news and information there and uh let you know what's going on especially with the golf courses we will say it is difficult to always keep up on uh, what's happening the golf courses don't always inform us uh what's going on we try as much as we can to try to find out who is open but please understand we have over 150 golf courses in the region so it's always hard to get updated and of course the course are eager to get open it's not their first priority to let us know that they're open so just be patient as far as that information is concerned uh moving on we've had a lot of things happening in the last couple months within the region if you have not been keeping up to date uh there are a lot of personnel changes at golf courses around the region we just have a list of some and we're going to let you know about some of those today i mentioned the prescott golf club they do have a new uh, general manager he's steve martineau uh there's a story about that on flagstick.com uh Titleist has hired a product specialist for the region, a familiar face, Dan McNeely, the former uh, pro and general manager at the Smith Balls Golf and Country Club. Uh, he'll be set up, uh, I think, April 1st with uh, officially, and he'll have uh, some fitting facilities that he'll be making use of. He'll be assisting the local rep, Gavin Corbet, in fittings in within this region uh, and northern Ontario as well. Uh, other moves that we're seeing around the region, especially in the professional ranks, Roger Beal is now the head professional at the Marshes Golf Club club in Canada. Uh, Jonathan G will now be the new head professional at the landings down in Kingston. 
Uh, Chris Barber there becomes the executive professional at the landings. There is a new head professional at the Carlton Golf and Yacht Club. Cameron Gall returns from British Columbia to take over as the head professional of that position. Cameron previously worked uh, at some uh, top clubs in the uh, Toronto region. Uh, also as well, other changes that we have. Steve Hall, uh, another PGA of Canada professional for the Ottawa Zone. He will move over to the Pineview Golf Club as the teaching professional there. He has let us know that. Uh, another uh, move, John Jameson is the new apprentice professional at the Cataraqui Golf and Country Club down in Kingston. Uh, John Stevenson, who was at Greyhawk previously, is now working with Golf Tech in uh, Ottawa. Uh, Brett Cleggett-Woods has joined the uh, Canadian Golf and Country Club as a teaching professional. He was previously at the Ottawa Athletic Club. Uh, Adam Miller has joined the staff at the Brockville Country Club, an associate professional. And currently, uh, if you happen to be an assistant professional and you're looking for a position, uh, clubs like Greyhawk, Lock March, and the Marshes are still seeking assistance professionals for the year as you heard uh, last week on the podcast here the play junior golf tour is certainly getting things underway they have published a schedule for the year a few tba dates announced in that but mostly they are set for the year the schedule is going to start on may 23rd at black bear ridge in belleville huge response to that according to chris Veltkamp, the founder and president of that tour we are proud of course to be a media partner for that tour they've also announced partnerships as well with ping titleist footjoy and BioSteel as well. And First Capital is back as the title sponsor of the First Capital Cup, which is basically the point standings for the entire year. That should be a very successful year. Huge demand for junior golfers. Uh, I believe they had 420 members last year. So if your uh, junior is interested in signing up for those events, I would suggest you do that fairly quickly. Uh, on the other side, in the industries as, as well, uh, there was a new superintendent, Manderley on the Green. Uh, let's work on down here. Oh, it was announced actually in early uh, February, and uh, the new superintendent there is Mitchell Dandy, who previously worked at Hawkesbury. Uh, sorry, at uh, La Cité in Hawkesbury. Uh, Brad Fritsch, recently, uh, a lot of people are familiar with him from the Ottawa region, recently made an appearance on our T-Talk podcast. If you're interested in knowing what Brad is up to, he still has past champion status on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's doing some qualifyings uh, to get into events, and uh, we'll certainly try to make a schedule. But for those who have been asking about him, he's certainly very busy on the circuit. Uh, another local professional, Brooke Henderson, has now made three starts on the LPJ Tour for this year, and uh, she'll be getting back underway this week at the Kia Classic in Carlsbad. Uh, other notes that uh, we should talk about that were announced previously uh, over the winter, especially on flagstick.com, uh, the Ottawa Valley Golf Association has named their development team for 2021, in case you missed that. And this squad this year has six boys and six girls, and they're members from different clubs uh, from around eastern uh, Ontario and western Quebec. And I will tell you the members of the team this year are Sophie Folds, uh, Lauren Gervais, Antonio Ho, Ashley LaFontaine, Carly Malour, Maddie Petura, uh, on the boys' side, it'll be Atlas Ibbett, Isaiah Ibbett, Ellis Kinnaird, uh, Jared Lipsky, James and James Newton, and Yuri Zhu. So that's your team for this year for the 2020 uh, regional development team for the OVGA. Uh, team manager again will be Jim Davidson of the OVGA Junior Development Program. And uh, head coach will be Derek McDonald with assistant coach Carson Sissons. Uh, recently, we have some other news here. Obviously, as I said, there's a lot going on here. So if I seem like I'm going through very quickly, it's just because there is a lot going on in the region, especially the springtime here. There are so many new developments, changes in personnel, 
a lot of news that's breaking. Uh, just keep up to date on flagstick.com and we'll we'll keep you uh, updated on everything that's going on. Uh, Golf Quebec recently had their uh, their annual general meeting and that was on February 22nd. And just to let you know, Denny Loiselle uh, has been reelected for the third straight year as the president of Golf Quebec. All right, getting to a few other things as well, and we certainly have a lot of junior-related events and tournament-related uh, news that's coming on right now. Uh, people will be happy to know that the uh, the canceled uh, U19 Junior Girls uh, Golf Championship, which was scheduled for the Brockville Country Club last year, is going to resume this year <clears throat> for 2021. It will be held. And I should let you know that uh, is scheduled for July 6th to 9th, uh, 2021. And the club is still looking for volunteers. They need about 30 or f- to 40 volunteers to help out and operate that event, which obviously will be done under very strict COVID-19 guidelines. Uh, certainly, you can contact the club there and they'll put you in touch with the tournament chairs and they can help you out and see if you'd want to volunteer. That event is a historic event. Uh, it's been happening since 1927 and past winners have included uh, golfers from the region uh, including Heather Kuzmich from Trenton, who's the all-time winner at five times in a row from 1980-1984, and Brooke Henderson uh, won it as well in 2011 and 2012. All right, other golf events in the region. We have a ton that are scheduled for uh, this year, especially from uh, Golf Ontario. OVGA has a full schedule. Uh, you heard last week on the podcast, Drew Lefebvre, the tournament director, was on, uh, made note of their tournament schedule for the year. So check out OVGA.org for that. Uh, golf Ontario as well, as I mentioned, will have a number of events in the region and uh, provincial events as well on top of qualifiers. Uh, on the women's side, the Ontario women's match play is going to return this year. It is scheduled for June 19th to 21st at the Cataraqui Golf and Country Club in Kingston on the junior side uh, for the Golf Ontario in this region. Ontario Junior Boys Qualifier will be held June 19th at Equinel. Uh, the Ontario Bantam and Juvenile Boys and Girls Qualifier will be held at Upper Canada Golf Club on June 30th. Uh, on the men's side for Golf Ontario within the region, we have the Ontario Mid-Amateur Qualifier, which is going to be May 15th at Cataraqui. The Ontario Men's Amateur Qualifier, which will be June 30th at Upper Canada. So that'll be held the same time as the Bantam uh, Junior and Juvenile, sorry, the Bantam Juvenile Boys and Girls. Again, lots going on here, so trying to keep it all straight. Uh, the Ontario Senior Men's Amateur Qualifier, which will also be at Upper Canada on June 30th. And then the Ontario Senior Men's Amateur and the Men's 70 and Over Provincial Championship will be held at the Loyalist Golf and Country Club this year down in Bath, Ontario, just west of Kingston, uh, July 27th to 29th. And the Ontario Men's Better Ball Qualifier will be held September 30th at the Trillium golf club trillium wood golf club uh mentioning loyalist as well uh, if you have a junior and you're interested in another event they are hosting their annual junior showcase on may 8th to 9th this is a great event for juniors uh two days of competitive golf includes a practice round i believe as well cost is about a hundred dollars plus tax uh, includes warm-up uh, balls prizes the top three divisions they have walking scores for the peewee divisions uh, welcome gift pack as well divisions there for uh, peewee golfers bantam golfers juveniles and juniors so that's a lot that's been going on certainly there's definitely more news coming uh within the region as the uh, season gets open here uh, in the flagstick region the 613 region keep up to date i'll be back monthly with an annual report sorry i'll be back monthly with a monthly report uh, talking about what's going on in the region obviously we'll have some tournament updates as the events begin and uh, certainly catch us here on the 613 golfer podcast monthly with these regional reports 
Well, that was our very first 613 Golfer podcast, Regional Golf Report with Flagstick Golf Magazine Associate Publisher Scott McLeod. I'm really looking forward to visiting with Scott throughout the golf season for more regional golf reports just like that one, keeping us all up to date on what's happening around the region in golf in the 613. Now, as the season gets a little bit closer, although I say closer, it feels like it's already here. We're starting to head out to the, to the driving ranges, to the practice tees, and we're working on our swings and we're trying to get ourselves in tip top shape. So when we're ready to hit the first tee, we're hitting the ground running on this podcast. Each week, we're going to be trying to bring on a different Canadian PGA professional, not necessarily a different one every week. We'll use the same ones uh, more often if they're ready to give us some tips, but we're going to be looking at getting some quick tips from PGA professionals from around the 613 and who more fitting to provide us with our first 613 Golfer podcast golf tip than our good friend at the Kevin Haim Golf Center, 25-year contributor to Flagstick Golf Magazine, Kevin Haim. All right, golfers, time for another quick tip, and this is one of my favorites, a little drill that can help you with your sequence or your downswing, that little magic move to start your swing properly. If you swing back the club properly, you should be able to stop at the top, look around, have a ham sandwich, and still release down through the golf ball properly. If you can't do that, then you know something's wrong, and it's really important to get this right because this is really your delivery position to get that golf club moving into that golf ball. So next time you're practicing, hit a few balls, swing up, stop, see if you can swing down properly. If you can't, get to a PGA Pro. If you can, work at it for timing. That's your quick tip for today. For more, check me out on Twitter at Kevin Haim or any social media platform. Well, that certainly is one tip I know I'll use this year. I hope you will too. Whenever you get a chance to get to the driving range, work on that tip. Thanks very much for that, Kevin. Well, that's about it for me this week. I want to thank Roger Beal from the Marshes Golf Club for coming on and having a chat with us and giving us a little bit more information about himself and of what's going on at the Marshes for 2021. Thanks again to Scott McLeod for our regional golf report. And thank you to you for listening, for you for watching. I also want to remind you to visit flagstick.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the like button and make sure you click the notification bell. Make sure you get every single episode. You can check us out at flagstick.com. Check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you want to hear the audio version of this podcast, you don't want to watch it. That's fine. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll get every episode there as well. I'm Jeff Botter, and you've been listening to 613 Golfer Podcast. Thanks very much, and always remember, go for the stick. <laughs>